baby. Did he? I, I will start us off. I was like, I bet they're waiting for me to say some shit. <laughs> it's going great, Gabe. I was just like, I'm just going to pull up Metallica. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. Woman! So welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another very exciting episode of Thunderdome Metal Apocalyptic Reviews. As always, in spite of it all, I'm I'm David. And with me are Gabe, Tracy, and Ben. Gentlemen, how are you on this fine spring evening? Conquering the 72 seasons of life. All 72 of them. I'm doing pretty well for an aged metal head listening to an aged metal band. An aged bit of fine agedness. I'm okay. uh, too far gone, question mark. <laughs> too far gone, question mark. <laughs> Parentheses to the break of dawn. In case you hadn't guessed by our stupid puns, we are reviewing Metallica's 70,000th album. What is this? It actually wasn't as many as I thought, but we're going to get the stats from Ben in a well, second. Oh, is it disputed? <laughs> no, no, go ahead. I, was, I think that the, I'll say this, but I think it, it, the number of albums, because they've released so many incredibly long EPs and live yeah, albums geez. and everything like that, that the, the count of studio albums and the count of total albums are, are two different things. This is like what their actual like 10th LP, right? 11th. 11th. Don't you dare bring the San Francisco fucking orchestra into this. The point is, this is an <laughs> album by Metallica, and I picked it because I needed an album. And I was like, okay, guys, let's just see it. And they did. This is it. This is that album. That's it why. is. And... So, just to, to clarify the point, they have eight live albums and three extended Jesus. EPs. It's ridiculous. So, it is ridiculous. So this was released on April 14th of 2023 on Blacken, the label that they own, produced by Greg Fiddleman, James Hetfield, and Lars Ulrich. Runtime 77 minutes and 14 seconds. We band, you know them, you may love them. James Hetfield, vocals, rhythm guitar. Lars Ulrich, drums. Kirk Hammett, lead guitar. And Robert Trujillo on bass and backing vocals. 77 minutes. Cool. Yep. 12 songs, averaging like six minutes a fucking track. That 11 minute song is the longest song I've ever written. It is. Yeah. Period. It, it was the two off Injustice, the ones that would challenge it, I think. But they don't even, they don't reach it. Yeah, I think they're nine minutes. Yeah. The big difference here, I think, between these songs and the songs on Injustice are that. And justice songs are infinitely good. more complex, mm. infinitely <laughs> more complex. Um, I mean, I, I think it's better just to be more specific. Um, sure. uh, any songs can be better than any other songs, but I mean, the, the question is why. And I think um, whether they're not up to it or just don't want to, it seems kind of lazy. Um, and they seem to prefer to be to riff to death than to to explore you know where it might take them um and like i, I don't want to i don't want to come you know too hard out the gate but like you know i was kind of uh expecting somewhat better than saint anger but that's a really low bar <laughs> it's like it's a, a really bar, bar and they exceeded it to me but that's where the bar is yeah. So, 
would you I think part of the problem that you're describing where they beat a rhythm note to death and drum line, I think comes apart that the rhythm guitars and the drummer are the primary songwriters to the point that Kirk Hammett had nothing written on the last album and only a couple credits on this album. Same with Death Magnetic. Trujillo is the same. Like it's Lars and James are the songwriters for the entire thing. Ooh. I think they just hey, we're going to do what we do best. Um, I mean, Kirk is credited with writing on a third of the album. I mean, our truth is too, but I mean, it's head to work, head to work, head to work on every show. Sure. And it's been that way since Kill em All. But mm-hmm. um, I think that plays a part into it of that. And I think also we talked about when we did the later Megadeth albums, they've kind of solidified on a sound that their later albums have that's different from the pre-early albums. Metallica with Death Magnetic at that album, I think, became the point in St. Anger's like this weird turn where they still pull a lot of St. Anger into these albums. And Death Magnetic somewhere where they really kind of labeled, like, found their sound as a older band, I guess you could say, because the Death Magnetic Hardware self destruct in this one all very sound very similar to the same band. Where if you listen to something like the Black Album, even, like, it doesn't sound like the same band. I mean, that's the turn already, what Gabe is yep. rightfully citing, if not complaining about, that's when it happened. I mean, allegedly, they got, some of them got tired of playing their own insane shit that they'd written on the previous albums, and it was exhausting to play, and so now they're playing, you know, Chasing Light. I mean, even if you don't consider Injustice to be, like, the pinnacle of, like, them as a band, uh, just look at this album in isolation and you will see it's it's very, very different. Um, like the tempos are just very, very, very slow. Um, uh, like again, the guitar solos are just like lazy. They're not um, not pushing any boundaries, not there's no fireworks there. Um, so I think like, yeah, it's an aging band, but also, you know, um it has the feeling of people are going to buy this anyway <laughs> like so so i put out the effort i don't know so a couple of points on that um the solos to me and maybe i'm letting what i know um direct me to this too much as opposed to if i didn't know this and listened to it but they really kind of remind me of a very and they've always kind of, Kirk has always been somewhat blues-based in his soloing. But this really reminds me of the Peter Green version of uh, Fleetwood Mac. Sure. And Can you expand on that a little bit? Just to some of the connection you're making. Well, I, I know of Fleetwood Mac, but I don't know a difference between the styles of the Fleetwood Mac to be able to differentiate differentiate the two. So, sure. Fleetwood Mac in its earliest incarnations, which is before Stevie Nicks and mm-hmm. uh, the guitarist, who's... Um, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, had joined the band, were a very heavy blues, like a lot of, like, Cream, Led Zeppelin to an extent, and those bands were... Um, and Peter Green was a phenomenal guitarist, and he played like some really quite awesome and, and um, foundational guitar solos that were based around blues structures. 
And recently, and I don't think he actually, he may not have actually used it on the album, but Kirk Hammett bought one of Peter Green's guitars, one of his Les Pauls for buku millions of dollars. And so I think he was channeling that playing style on these solos. Um, so they're not like the solos that he would have played. Of course, he's not the same person. He's, you know, four decades older than he was when he would have been playing on like Kill 'Em All or or whatever. Um, so I think there's a little bit of that. I do think that they reach back a few times to like everybody said that oh, this is Metallica returning to their '80s sound and Lux Eterna. And I think that there are elements of that, but it's not. It's more wishful thinking than reality. I think. Yeah, I don't. Think, I don't see that. I, I um, think they give like a one track an album where it's like here's a bone to the old time fan base because they did it with Hardwire as well, where they have like the one track that would be like kind of plays through their thrash roots, and the rest of it does not. Yeah. And this is definitely not thrash, but it's also definitely not whatever it was they were doing on load and reload which we have not done yet i don't think uh-uh. maybe um we'll, we'll probably get around to them at some point and uh, to me the the main problem with this album uh aside from what gabe pointed out is the tracks and the album itself are just too long i think there are some good ideas that would have been fine in a three minute song structure and the playing is is okay i mean like they've been doing it forever I, some of the rhythms are actually intriguing they are played too long robert trujillo is the good basis the bass lines are fine lars is the weak point but he's always has been the weak point so the drums are, are what they are and james's voice sounds better on this than it has on a lot of the albums I that i actually that. prefer um but just the the sum of the parts does not is just you know leaves me a little lukewarm it's it's very hard coming into this album. Like I never did get the like oh so everybody hating on Metallica stuff. Because you know, like the long time fans hated their things after the turn, I guess to say host blackout, especially post blackout, maybe and even before that. But now it's coming into it with being a fan of theirs for twenty one years and I'm like, Man, what the fuck is this? Uh kind of like it's 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 very weird. And I've got a friend that loves this stuff and loves this album even, but I just can't I can't buy into it. It's just, there are moments in here I'm like, yeah, I agree. There are parts of songs that are good. There are parts of songs that's like, man, if you would cut this down to like 40 minutes and like shrunk all the tracks and meet that, great. Yeah, there's like a lot of like tension building that doesn't go anywhere. There's a lot of like chugging and it's like, yeah, so, <laughs> and like anybody can write a song that has some chugging in it but it's not like i don't know it's not going to break you know it's not going to blow people's minds i think another interesting thing to look and compare um to sort of previous albums is you know thinking about saint anger the most recent one that we did um and looking at the lyrical content here like this is not a thrash album in a lot of ways but especially not from a lyrical standpoint um, it's not political. It might be sort of angry, but it's tapping into feels in a way that, say, anger did. And it was very, like, you know, introspective and um, uh, kind of uh, exploring the the dark recesses of one's own mind. Like, you know, that's like the majority of this album, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Or look, looking at, like, 
I think there's one song that's probably about either drug addiction or some other kind of kind of thing. And that's cool. Um, but it also doesn't make them stand out in any way. So if the the lyrics were also going to make them, you know, um, stand out or appeal to more people, that would be another way to do it. Well, like lyrically, like Metallica's always kind of done more of the drug things and they did I think more political statements in a sense, almost because I mean Master Puppets is a drug song. Um and this like San Diego though is also written Roger James is coming out of drug out of alcohol rehab and AA and like trying to get sober because I know like prior to this writing process for this album, he was in rehab for alcoholism. So I think there might be part of why the lyrical content is very similar is also the same like similar circumstances around the album writing process. I know that we haven't done it, but like the the main difference between this one and the previous album to me is there were actually songs on the previous album that I thought were really good. And there's not any songs on here that I think are really good. There's a couple of okay tracks and we'll get to that when we get to tracks. But that is where this this album falls down is that there isn't any, in my opinion, high quality songs. It's like a, an album of, you know, mid-level deep cuts. It, it reminded me a lot of when we talked about Fear in the Dark when we did Iron Maiden, about how like one or two tracks on the album really stood out, but the rest of it was kind of like, man, this wasn't your best work. And I feel like that's very similar with this album. Also, I'm just now realizing why they named it 72 Seasons. Why? That's 18 years, and that's how Ron Rupture he has been in the band. He's the longest serving basis of Metallica. I thought they explained that in a different way, but I mean, I think it's an interesting interpretation too. Um, That's just I, what I remember like, them oh. talking about. I mean, what what I remember them talking about was that, like, you know, eighteen years um, in terms of the point in their lifetimes of you know being basically kids or or you know adolescents, where you know some pretty significant and strange things happen or um traumatic mm -hmm. things or whatever it is yeah there's an actual quote that hetfield gave on their website 72 seasons the first 18 years of our lives at home are true or false selves the concept that we're told who we are by our parents the possible pigeonholing around what kind of personality we are i think the most interesting part of this is the continued study of those core beliefs and how it affects our perception of the world today much of our adult experiences and reenacted a reaction to those childhood experiences prisoners of childhood are breaking free of those bondages we carry so, but it is kind of crazy to think that Trujillo has been the longest serving basis for the band. So, shall we talk about some tracks, gentlemen? Sure. Talk about all the worthy tracks. <clears throat> Mileage may vary. David? I mean, it was okay. I don't think I liked it as much as like you all did. Uh, you know, the opener's okay. Uh, Luck the Turnup, of course, because it's like the one fast song. It's not so bad. I know all these tracks are right. This is an album, y'all. I guess that's what I'm going to say. I don't know. I expect so little. Like, I've not been on this ride for so long, and Saint Anger did not convince me I should get back on it. So this was anodyne and harmless, which I know is maybe a really terrible thing to say about Monsters of Metal this large, but... They've been this way since like 1991, more or less. So maybe this is less convincing than that was. But these are songs, y'all. 
They are songs indeed. Um, I pulled two tracks off of this album, Lux Eterna and If Darkness Had a Sun. Like, I think those are the two really standard tracks, in my opinion, on this album. Um, I didn't pull any of them, meaning that I would not put any of these on a playlist. But if I was forced at gunpoint to say some tracks that I liked off of here, I do think Lux Eterna is okay. Um, Screaming Suicide is not the worst song in the world. Um, and I would have liked If Darkness Had a Sun if it was about three minutes shorter. Yeah, I mean, I think that I sort of, quote unquote, pulled off more songs than you all did, mainly just because I think there were parts of more songs that I enjoyed. Um, I also would have similar complaints to Ben uh, when it came to um, If Darkness Had a Sun. Like, I think it's a cool song. It's definitely too long, just like almost every other song is almost too, is too long. But um, just to shout out, Shadows Follow, um, You Must Burn, um and also uh i think the last track is actually decent like it is too long but i think they are actually doing something with that long track uh whereas a lot of the other tracks that are up you know five six minutes plus they're not doing anything special at all um they're at least trying to do something there and i'll give them some credit for that um i think it's perfectly fine okay for many generic occasions, I will give this a B minus, which is higher than I was expecting, and certainly higher than the D minus I gave to San Anger. I'm going to come in lower than that um, by a full letter grade, and I'm going to give this a C minus mainly because I guess at this point I still consider myself to be a Metallica fan, and I was not impressed by this. Maybe I'm just a Metallica of like the 80s and early 90s fan and not the current band, but I was very disappointed in this album. I'm going to give this a C, which ranks it lower to St. Anger, but for me, St. Anger had a lot more nostalgia to it and I had a lot more time set with that. So I'm giving it a 75. Interesting. So I think I'm going to be smack dab in the middle here um, with a uh, 79.5, so between a C plus and a B minus. I think that I my measuring stick is really St. Anger, which is, mm-hmm. by most accounts, just terrible. And although it's a low bar to do better than that, I was expecting better than that. And, hey, they did it. They did it. Um, this is better this than is, that. This is listenable. That is not. There it like is. Any, any day of the week. Um, yes. I challenge anyone to 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 argue otherwise because it's just like I don't know, it's just a no brainer there. Gabe is um, literally challenging you, audience, like this to physical combat with uh, with massive tea bags. Huge, um, huge tea bags. <laughs> huge, um, huge tea bags. Freaking huge. Um, yeah. But by the way, crown of barbed wire never ever <laughs> it's like the worst uh worst song i've ever heard <laughs> that's wow that is a bold climb it's one of the most it's one of the worst songs i've ever heard especially like, by metallica like anyone can um, ever know that man <laughs> Shit. well what's our average tracy 
Our average to nobody's surprise is a 77. Is anyone buying it? I don't... Maybe you, David, based on grades, maybe you. No, my or, cutoff is like a B plus, man. Or I might buy it because I'm the completionist of this aspect. Where I've got I'm going to buy it so you have another just to piss you off. <laughs> I can but use I'm, it as a coaster. Like the no, Halo it's perfectly series. fine, but I wouldn't pay money for this. Yeah, I wouldn't buy it. Can we either. talk about something else with, with this album? Sure. I thought you were going to say, can we the... talk about something else that isn't this album? I'm like, damn, Ben. Ben, ben is over it. It's like, uh, can, can we switch gears this... here for a second? I'm sorry, everyone. Yeah. So yes, Ben, what would you like to talk about with this is album? Is this the, the worst Metallica album cover? Because I actually think this uh, is even worse pr- than the Blood and Semen one. It's trash. <laughs> it's trash. What trash. Do you mean? Uh, I mean, they, um, they embraced uh, memifying it, so I mean... They must not care too much. I mean, they must not be too attached to it. Um, Well, I'm sure it's close to being a platinum album already considered an open number. I'm sure. One. I thought that too. I know. No matter what, it's going to sell millions of copies. Like every band we like combined (laughs) times 10. (laughs) Exactly. I'm not even kidding. Like. If you look at it, there are several tracks online now that have hit 10 million plus plays, and every single track off that album is over a million. So like, and it's... 9 million, though, secretly a Tracy. Well, it sold over 250,000 copies in the first two weeks, so yeah. <laughs> in the U.S. alone. It's, it's good to be big Metallica, that's all I'm going to say. Indeed. So what is next? All Metallica's. Yeah, what is next? Biggest... Well, Ben asked for a change of gears, and I am providing him a change of gears. Did I ask for a change of gears? You just did like a second ago. (laughs) Sure. A change in gears here. So I am providing that change of gears with Smolder, Violent Creed of Vengeance. I do recall him saying I need a change of gears to some weird Finnish Canadian hybrid situation. Those are his exact words. I think he I, I think what he said was he needed a palate cleanser. A palate yeah. cleanser. Yeah, <laughs> everyone drink. Said. Everyone drink. <laughs> palate cleansing away. Let's cleanse the shit out of that palate on Thunderdome Metal Reviews. Yeah, yeah, I'm a call. <laughs> 